I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? It's that time again. It's a Sooners Illustrated podcast, episode 52 on a Monday, January 22nd, 2024. Josh Calloway, James Z. Jackson, Tom Green. We are iced indoor homes. So we're going to <laughs> talk about some of your football and basketball on a uh, icy, chilly Monday. Got winter workouts underway for you football. What are some things we're watching for? Some players we're watching for in particular. We're going to break that down. Transfer portal latest and of course, another big weekend for OU basketball, both men and women getting big wins on the road over the weekend. We'll talk about that, of course, as well. But gentlemen, we have entered Schmitty season. Winter workouts are underway. This is where Jerry Schmidt makes his money. He works these guys to death. This is where I, I, I could never make it as a D1 full player, but this is where I really could make it because the stuff these guys do is nightmare fuel. Winter workouts underway for unfamiliar. Most OU fans, I'm, I'm sure, are that are tuned in but just in case basically from now until kind of spring break the end of february early part of march it's jerry schmidt season it's winter workouts the guys are going to be in everest doing weight training conditioning getting bigger stronger faster all that good stuff leading up to the start of spring practices which will happen right around you like i said after spring break so guys i'll just open up the floor players you're watching for position groups you're watching for who needs to benefit from this time the most, because this is kind of the underrated, important part of the calendar. A lot of fans don't see it. It's not publicized. You know, it's not broadcast anywhere. But this area is really important for guys. Who stands out the most for you in this winter workout period? Yeah, I think the ones that, like, jump to the front of mind for me are <clears throat> uh, Dejon Terry and Jacob Lacey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are two guys who are obviously veterans. They both announced they're coming back for an additional season. They're probably going to be your two most important interior defensive linemen in 2024. And they've, they've played, obviously, in the Big 12. And, you know, Dejon Terry's got SEC experience. Uh, Jacob Lacey's got experience at Notre Dame. So he's played in these big games. But these are also guys that had very truncated off-seasons, I guess would be the best word. I mean, Dejon mm-hmm. Terry didn't, didn't get to Oklahoma until the summer. So he, you know, he only had a couple months to ramp up before the season and kind of get acclimated. So this is going to be his first full off season under Jerry Schmidt. 
And then Jacob Lacey, I mean, we, we've been over it. Um, you know, this is a guy who we weren't even sure was going to play football last year because uh, he had those pulmonary embolisms, dealt with the blood clots. You know, his football career was in doubt this time last year, basically. So, you know, he did not get an offseason, like, at all, really. Um, it was kind of a surprise when he returned as soon as he did, and he was out there pretty much from the start of the season. So these are two guys who, you know, Oklahoma, you know, they obviously already know the system. They know the playbook. But now they're getting a full offseason to get acclimated, to get their bodies right, and be those physical point of attack guys defensively that Oklahoma's going to need in the SEC. I mean, Tom said it best. I mean, those are the two guys, you know, two of the most important guys to to look at in this offseason, especially getting stronger and getting, you know, bigger, especially for the SEC. So I'm going to throw a wild card out there. I want to see Brendan Thompson, man. What's, what has he been doing? Yeah. What's, what's been going on with him? I know. He, I mean, he's he's got better and better as the season got on because he only had a few snaps here and there. But in the championship game against Arizona, you know, he kind of showcased what he could do. You know, before he got knocked out of that game. So just him getting back healthy and getting fully acclimated to the Oklahoma program, and you know, another season into it. You know, I want to see more of him next year. Can he be that deep threat receiver that everybody's looking for, especially as Andrew Anthony works back from his his knee injury that he had suffered in the uh, Texas Red River rivalry game? So I'm, I'm looking for Brendan Thompson, man. That's that's gonna be a fun one, I think. Yeah, and Brendan Thompson, another guy who, like Terry, came in in the summer last year. So didn't get he didn't do this whole Schmitty thing mm-hmm. you know, last winter. So this will be the first run for him. Uh, that's a great one. Uh, I'll throw in P.J. Adebore. That's a PJ. guy who's going into year two who is just a freak of nature. He's an alien person. With you look at his length, his arms, and everybody's excited about what he can be. But everybody knows he probably needs to put on some more weight, get a little stronger, and things like that. Now's the time. I mean, if you want to be an impact guy in year two, it feels like we can go back to this time period. If we're sitting here in October saying, look at the jump that PJ made in year two, we may go back to January, February, and the time he put in now with Schmitty building up that body. Because that, that frame can hold so much more weight than it currently is. And so this is an important stretch, uh, I think, certainly for him. Another position group, I'm sure you guys would agree, and we've talked about it to death, but offensive line in general, right? Yeah. I mean, the yeah. O-line is under a microscope in a major way right now. You're going to have to lean on some younger guys potentially going into next year. We're going to talk about some more portal. They may not be done in the portal just yet. We're going to get to that in just a second. But that group as a whole, this is a lot of times it's been said that where Jerry Schmidt does his finest work is with the O-line in this time period and building these guys up, their conditioning, their strength, all that stuff. So really the whole position group, right, Tom, is it's yeah. a key moment. Key- time for them to try and get back to a place where they feel good about things moving into next year. Yeah, and obviously like the returning guys, it's big for them, but also you're bringing in three transfer portal guys so far, you know, Spencer Brown, uh, Fabici and Weiwu, I hope I pronounced that right, and Michael Tarquin, all all guys who have experience, but guys who are going to need to get into the kind of shape that Oklahoma wants to run their offense. Um, And then another one, you know, Eugene Brooks, early enrollee freshman. Yeah. I mean, I I think this offseason is going to be huge for him, especially with Oklahoma having kind of question marks at those guard spots right now. Um, He's a guy who just like absolutely dominated um, when when he was at these all-star events before, uh, you know, getting on campus this spring. Um, But yeah, that that offensive line, the the winter workouts are just going to be incredibly important for that group in particular. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. Both sides, man. Both sides. Defensive line, offensive line. It's, it's yep. important for this this league. 100%. Everybody knows it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, getting, getting getting guys like Jaden Jackson and David Stone 
and they're early too to see like how quickly they can develop because those are two more guys that were really impressive at these all-star events, you know, whether it was those guys or whether it was the Polynesian bowl. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like those guys can be the type of freshmen who come in and make an impact right away. And these next couple of months are when, you know, they can kind of take that first big step toward becoming, you know, role players as freshmen. Yeah, they had an outstanding Polynesian Bowl game. I mean, my goodness. I mean, think David Stone was the defensive MVP. I mean, they just – I think he scored a touchdown as well. Like, they looked I, mean, at, I think, right? Yeah, so or, it's like – Yeah. It's crazy, man. Those guys coming in are going to be going to be impressive. Absolutely. David Stone just dominates everywhere he goes. And uh, Jane Jackson, who just continues to kind of fly under the radar a little bit. But, uh, yeah, that that's a scary duo. Uh, for sure, they had a great week. And, yeah, I agree completely. The trenches is where this is going to be a key time. Uh, also costing just a couple more um, more second-year guys. But the linebacker group, you know, they're bringing everybody back. So you're not going to probably have to lean on these guys. But if Lewis Carter and Samuel Osego want to get into the mix next year, this is probably a key stretch for them. To this is It starts now. You, you know, trying to impress these coaches and everything to get snaps for yourself. It kind of starts now. And Lewis Carter, well-documented, superhuman um, with what he can do in the weight room. Um the stories he's become almost a mythic figure like already and he's only going into year two um so i expect more of the same and if you're become a vip subscriber we already have some winter workout intel on the board and on our site right now for vips more to come and if you are v and if you are there already you know that lewis carter is already doing this again uh this is this is his time in the weight room so cut watching for those guys as well because i think both of them are really high upside players do they get in the mix with all those linebackers back this is where you kind of can start to get that that narrative going a little bit if it's going to happen. So, yeah, we'll be all over winter workouts over the next couple of months. Obviously, like I said, again, VIP Intel will be on the site. As things come up that are worth talking about or breaking down, we'll certainly bring it up here on the show. But important time period. Not the flashiest time period, but important time period. All coaches, very cliche. I'm sure Brent Venables will tell you that championship teams are kind of start to get built now. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll keep an eye on it uh, over the next couple of months before spring ball gets going. Uh, in March. So shifting over to transfer portal, it's dwindling down, it's winding down, but it's not over yet. So last Thursday, I, you know, I did the show with Colin and we kind of wrapped up the transfer portal class because it, it felt like Oklahoma was probably pretty much done. Looked like they weren't going to get Lance Herb from LSU. They did not. He committed to Tennessee uh, over the weekend, but they're not quite done. Actually, a visitor over the weekend. Hope I say his name correctly. Garian Garin Hatchet from Washington was a starter for there for a while. Had some playing time for that national runner-up team on the Huskies last year, as well as his younger brother Landon Hatchet. Now he didn't make the trip. Only Garin made the trip to Norman over the weekend. But Landon is also in the crosshairs of OU uh, coaching staff, and as they look to continue to add to the offensive line. Guys, obviously the portal is dwindled down, but we talked about this last week. That's exactly what we talked about. The window is pretty much closed. You know, things are dwindling. But the rosters for Bama and Washington that had these coaching changes, you had to monitor. If there's anybody that maybe could make sense, these are guys that could very well make sense. What would it mean if Oklahoma could bring these guys in to continue to add to the portal? If you get one or both, that would be five potentially offensive linemen added in the portal which you know we all said was a major position of need. This could be really fruitful for Oklahoma here if, if this goes their way. Yeah, I mean, if you can add both, it's it's huge. Like if it's a package deal, great. Um, <clears throat> obviously, Gary Hatchet, you know, the older brother, you know, he's a guy who has starting experience for a team that went 
undefeated up until the national right. championship game. Uh, you know, it's a national runner-up. That offensive line won the Joe Moore Award for the best offensive line in the country, and he started four games there until he had an ankle injury that kind of affected him for basically the last month of the regular season plus the postseason. So he didn't play as much down the stretch. But you know, he's a guy who's played a good amount of football over the last two seasons. Um, obviously, has experience playing at the you know major power five, power four, whatever it's going to be now level, um, and can just help you immediately. I mean, this is a guy that is a obviously a clear take um, and, and a guy who can help you upgrade this offensive line as you're trying to go into the SEC with that new look unit after losing basically six starters. Definitely. I mean, you get both guys. It's 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 outstanding. It's exactly what you need. Guys like that, especially Garen, as we talked about his experience. And you look at that Washington offensive line in those championship games, they weren't the biggest offensive line out there. They were able to do a lot of that being, you know, quote unquote, the undersized group. So him having that experience coming in, uh-huh. it helped OU out because OU's bringing in some big boys anyway. So just having that as an advantage as well, knowing how to do it undersized and, and bringing your expertise in with bigger guys coming in, it, it should work out well for OU. So it's, a, it's, it's the most important get as of right now, I should say, like these two guys, you got to land these guys because you just lost out on herd who uh, went to Tennessee, which Colin has been saying for quite some time. That's that's probably where it's going to go, so don't don't get too high hopes on it. So, But, I mean, they got to get these two guys. These two land- these two brothers, they got to get them. You also missed on Ferguson, right, who was transferred yeah, from yeah. Bama ended up at Florida State. So this is a great way to recoup that. And then, yeah, not mm-hmm. to sleep on Landon either. The younger brother played just one year at Washington, so he's a he got a lot. Of, his whole career is in front of him. And mm-hmm. out of high school, we had him, four-star recruit, number 25 interior offensive lineman in the class. He was a, number, he was a 90 rating coming out of high school just a year ago. So, yeah, this this would be pretty fruitful. And, and right at the buzzer, too, at the end of this window, you know, it, admittedly, we we did. Thought the portal class had kind of come to an end. They had their guys. They had 12 guys. They, you know, decent crop, but looked to add more. This would be quite the late get right at the end of the cycle if uh, either one of them, but especially, obviously, both. Yeah, I mean, like I said, older brother helps you right away. But if you mm-hmm. can get Landon too, I mean, that's a guy who could help with your future at the center position. Um, it's obviously losing Andrew Rame. You're trying to figure out what you're going to do there because you do have a couple options right now that you know are already on the roster with Troy Everett and Joshua Bates. But if you if you can get a guy like this to come in and kind of stack that number, um, that that's that's huge for that offensive line moving forward. Have you guys seen like the Washington? Depth chart too deep. Oh yeah, it's it's, rough, man. It stinks. I I feel a little bad for our friends in Seattle. Um, It's it's tough. A combination of runner-up team and a lot of guys going to the NFL plus the coach left, and uh, it is open season on Washington's roster uh, right now. Maybe these two these two guys come the latest as uh, Oklahoma in the mix for those two. Again, going to keep on pushing it. Become a VIP subscriber. You'll know Colin has been all over this reporting, uh, these, these guys visiting and where Oklahoma stands with them. Be sure to jump aboard as soon as illustrated so you can know what's going on uh, with these guys. And we'll be sure to talk about it more as more develops here on the podcast. I'm sure I'll get Colin's thoughts uh, on Thursday. The Sooners Illustrated podcast will be back after this short break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. So, shifting over to hoops uh, here on the second half of the uh, program. Big weekend for both Jenny Bronchek and Porter Moser. Of course, we'll start with the men who we talked about it last week. Uh, Tom, you know, the there seemed to be an opening in the schedule here to go on a little bit of a, of a run. And every road game, road wins are just beyond precious in this conference. They took care of business at home against West Virginia. They went to Cincinnati, and they win just a dogfight of a game. This is a massive win uh, to go into Cincinnati. That was a sellout crowd, packed out. That Bearcats team has played really well at home so far this year, and they're just a solid team. They'll be a tournament team more than likely to go get this win. They really can't be overstated, right? I mean, this was a big, big deal to go get this done. And Oklahoma's got some momentum now to get back above 500 in Big 12 play. Yeah, I mean, on paper, it's one of their best wins of the season, like in terms of building their oh, resume. Yeah. It's a quad one win. Um, like you said, Cincinnati had not lost at home yet this season. Tough road environment. And, you know, they, they gutted that one out. I mean, it was tied 31-31 at halftime. Oklahoma led for pretty much the last 17 minutes, but it got tight there, you know, down the stretch, the final two minutes. And, you know, Oklahoma was able to, you know, get a little cushion. You know, uh, Otego Owe had a put-back dunk that put him up seven with two minutes left. And then, you know, Cincinnati, you know, made it tighter uh, those those last few possessions. But Oklahoma was able to hit most of its free throws down the stretch, going four or five uh, at the line at the finish to kind of put it away and, you know, get that first true road win of the season. Um, and like you said, that's huge. You know, they won two games this week. So a nice bounce back after going 0-2 the week before, getting that road win. Now they're, you know, they have the, you know, they're tied for the second best record in Big 12 play right now. It's kind of a... Mm-hmm of teams there at three and two um you know kansas state and texas tech both kind of atop the standings right now at four and one those two teams coming up on the schedule the next couple weeks um so real opportunity here for oklahoma because you know you look at this you know these next you know six games about um you know most of the metrics and you know computer projections right now have oklahoma favored or basically a pick them in those six games. So they have a chance to really, you know, yeah. go on the run here and solidify, you know, their spot in the Big 12 and also shore up that NCAA tournament resume because this team right now is tracking towards a return to the postseason. Um, you know, mo- most projections, you know, we're, we're basically two months out from Selection Sunday. Most projections have them, you know, either a four-seat or a five-seat right now, so that's a good spot to be in. Um a lot can change in the next two months, but you have to like where this team is because they've already matched their win total from last season. And there's eight weeks amazing. left to play. <laughs> yeah, amazing. 
come a long way. And uh, yeah, you, the minutes that John Hughley gave them this game because that Sam Godwin has been awesome. We've talked about that, but his foul trouble is becoming certainly an issue. Happened again. He only played 11 minutes uh, in this game, largely because of that. But John Hughley gives him 24 minutes, four of eight, hit a three, 11 points. Yes, uh, you'll take that off the bench, and that, that's what I talked about last week. On the road, the bench had been giving or had been in two games, but in those two losses to TCU into Kansas, the bench just gave them basically nothing, and the bench stepped up in this game. Uh, Rodel Suarez was really good again, had eight points, hit a three. Well, Trey Darthard hit a big three, had seven points. Yeah. That's all you need. You're not looking for these guys to carry you, but you know they all hit a three. They were efficient. They played solid minutes. They got some rebounds. Suarez had five more. That, that's all you need, um, and that's what they got, and they found a way to get the job done. J.V. McCollum continued to be very good, though he didn't have the the stroke from deep in this one. Um, Jalen Moore, 10 rebounds again. He's just an animal. Um, this is a good win. This is a really good win, and, um, you know, there's not many wins that Porter Moser's had that are better, frankly, in the three years. Just when you kind of take it all into consideration on the road, it's one of those kind of, I don't say fork in the road, because it's not like the wheels fall off if you lose by any means. But this was a chance to really start to spin things your way. And they got it done. And like you said, Tom, at home against Texas, at home against Texas Tech, those are winnable games in your building. There's a chance to start to really sort an avalanche the other way and start getting a lot of wins and pick up some steam and momentum. This was a big, big win for Oklahoma. Yeah, and I want to go back to that bench like you were talking about. Um, obviously, they struggled in those two road games the week before. But you know they outscored Cincinnati's bench by 12, I believe. I think it was like 28 to 16. Um, and all three of those guys you mentioned, John Hewley, Rivaldo Suarez, Latre Darthard, they all had big uh, shots late in that game. You know, John Hewley had a really tough post up that he finished at the rim in those final couple minutes. Uh, Suarez and Darthard both hit all four of their free throws to basically ice the game in the final 20 seconds. Yeah, that's the type of you know stuff you need top to bottom on this roster to be competitive, not just in the Big 12, but you know when the postseason comes up, this is what you need. And obviously, like you know, you're going to get a consistent effort from Javion McCollum uh, every night. Um, you know, he's he's leading the team in scoring. You know, he did a much better job valuing possessions. He only had one turnover against Cincinnati after basically averaging four and a half per game through the first four games in Big 12 play. So that's a positive sign. Um, you know, Jalen Moore just continues to be, you know, maybe the most consistent player on this team, maybe the most exciting player at times. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's just solid. Um, <clears throat> you know, like you said, 10 rebounds. I think he had, what, 11 points as well. Um, so another big game for him. And then Otega Owe, I know he struggled those first few games, but he's just found a way to kind of make an impact on the game, even when his shots aren't falling. And this is now two games in a row where, you know, he didn't have a great first half offensively, but really turned it on the second half. And he's a big reason that they were able to pull away from Cincinnati there. He had eight of their first 10 points coming out of halftime, you know, fin finished, finished uh, in double figures again. Um, just really like the way that he's, you know, even when things aren't going his way early, he's kind of figuring things out and you're seeing this maturation with him mm. as he goes along, um, which is a really promising sign for a guy who was obviously very good during non-conference play, um, but is still developing because he's in a completely different role than he was in as his, uh, from his freshman season. Definitely. Big time win. Like we said, not really many under Porter Moser that are frankly better and take consideration winning on the road in that environment. 
And uh, they got a runway here, like we said. Texas coming up next on Tuesday night at the Lloyd Noble Center. Tom and I will be there. Um, God, imagine it's going to be a great crowd. Um, mm-hmm. Those 6 p.m. tips are rough to get to on time because if you live in Oklahoma City and you work a 9 to 5, you're just not going to make it there by 6 o'clock. You're just mm-hmm. not. Um, but by, we'll say by middle first half, by halftime or so, it should be pretty juiced in there. Um, and we'll see if they – I'm curious. I want to – we need to ask uh, Porter if they're going to keep rocking the grays too. This is two two in a row with the gray uniforms. Have a hard time switching up when you're, you're winning. Um, so we'll see about that. We're actually going to talk to Porter Moser on this here in just a couple hours. Um, IC conditions. They wanted to do it over over Zoom. So big win, big win. We'll see where yeah. they go from here. And I think the most important thing about these last two wins is just they've gotten back to their defensive identity. Mm-hmm. You know, we made up. We made a lot, uh, you know, through the first couple of months about just how different this team offensively is. But at its core, this is still a defensive-minded team. And you look at their three wins in Big Twelve play; they've held all three opponents to sixty-five points or fewer. To go on the road and hold Cincinnati to sixty-five points, yeah, impressive. I mean, they're doing their job. They held them, I think, to you know thirty-nine percent shooting for the game. Um, just a really good, solid defensive effort from this team. And that's what they needed after those back-to-back losses. And we saw that against West Virginia at home. Kind of expected that because West Virginia isn't as good. But to go on the road and do that against Cincinnati, I think, says a lot about how far this team has come from where it was a year ago. Another big one on Tuesday. Texas coming in. Just nature of the Big 12. We are just talking the other day about how Texas looked like maybe one of the worst teams in the conference, surprisingly. And they went and beat Baylor over the weekend. Now the game was in Austin, of course. But the Big 12, pretty much anybody can beat anybody. It's kind of insane outside of probably Oklahoma State. But even they almost knocked <laughs> off K-State. I docked on a doom over the weekend. Like, it's just insane. It's an insane conference. And uh, we'll see if Oklahoma can continue to build on it and try to get it to three in a row against Texas on – Yeah, but let's let's just jump into women's basketball then. Since, uh, <laughs> we, got, <laughs> we got a little – Technical difficulties with Josh Calloway's audio at the moment, but yeah, let's let's talk about women's basketball. So OU women's—they're now five and one in conference play. So it's the fifth, the third time under under Coach Jenny that they've been this—you know—been this good in conference play, which is her third season. So it's outstanding for them so far. Skylar Vaughn and Peyton Burhos led them yesterday and just just had a very very good game. You know, just twenty-one points for Vaughn and and, and eighteen points from Burhos, and they were able to knock off. You know, Houston for that 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 makes it all four of the the Big Twelve newcomers that Oklahoma's able to beat so far this season. So they they're five and one. They've they've also beat Texas Tech to kind of enhance that record. So they're really taking advantage of you know facing the newcomers early on in conference play, and they've they've done a good job so far. So uh, being five and one is is a really good start, you know, in conference play. But now the the, the tougher part of the schedule happens now. They got Texas coming in. Uh, well, they travel to Texas and, and and face them in Austin, and then they have Kansas State once again. So they got they got they got some battles coming up that are going to be really tough. But taking full advantage right now, and the, and the team isn't losing games that they they uh, that they shouldn't they shouldn't lose. I mean, so just just doing very well right now. Yeah, you said you you got to win the games that are you know favorable on your schedule. Um, that's just kind of the nature of college basketball right now. Mm-hmm. You know, win the ones you need to win and try to steal a couple that you're not expected to win. So a very good start for them, uh, like you said, knocking off all four of the Big 12 newcomers here so far this season. Mm-hmm. My back. Should be back. Right, we, got, back we got Josh, Josh back. We got <laughs> it. I don't know where I dropped out through. I'll do some cleanup and uh, editing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was tossing you, James, to talk about women's hoops. So that, that worked out. There we go. I, guess. Yeah. I was just, yeah, I was just saying, hey, they just find a way to keep on winning five and one. And mm-hmm. uh, you guys covered it. Um, pretty amazing uh, the way that non-conference slate ended 
beating a dead horse, but just how the heck uh, the, the turnaround is pretty incredible. And uh, we'll see how they continue to rack up wins as they get deeper into Big 12 play, but can't uh, can't argue with a 5-1 and one start. That's mm-hmm. You'll take that every single time. So, All right, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, another, obviously, concise, short show on a Monday. We'll be back on Thursday. Colin can be on the program. Talk about the Hatchet Brothers, other recruiting news and notes. He's been all over it this week. I'm sure we'll probably get into some winter workouts updates uh, as well. So hopefully you tune in on Thursday. Again, Tom and I will be at the LNC on Tuesday night for Oklahoma and Texas Hoops. Be sure to keep up with us on the site. And uh, obviously on the YouTube channel for post-game reaction, Apro from Porter Moser, players, things like that. So we'll talk to you guys then. I'll be out on Tuesday to watch Dale versus Millwood. So get another good look at Dayton Foresight. It'll be a a pretty good game. Wish Jaden Nichols was still on Millwood to watch both of them go against each other. But we'll we'll deal with that as as it is. I'm glad you said I should have brought it up. Over the weekend, I was doing work in high school games. We were just talking about the women's team. And I got to Mm -hmm. see Janiah Williams from M. Morris. Yeah, there you go. Very good. Uh, Yeah, that's what I told you. I told you. Yeah, the handles and the the (laughs) – the turnaround shots and just stuff that you just don't see high school yeah. basketball players. So uh, that's my my report, my analysis. She's mm-hmm. good. Uh, very good. <laughs> um, yeah. So look forward to that. James will be there. We'll be at the LNC. Busy week of hoops. Hoops is heating up. We're about to move into February. So bracketology, things like that start to really kick up. And uh, we'll be all over. Hopefully you join along for the ride through the rest of the hoop season. Of course, we'll be all over football. Uh, as well. Diamond sports are approaching sneakily as well. Softball openers in like Can't wait. two, three weeks. Can't Baseball wait. opening days in less than a month. So buckle up. Uh, about to get about to get very busy around here in the spring. That's it for now. We'll be back on Thursday. Tom Green, James E. Jackson. I'm Josh Calloway. We'll catch you guys next time on the Sooners Illustrated Podcast. See you.